Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. It's Canary Islander week at La Rosaleda this week, with games against Tenerife and Las Palmas five days apart. Monday night, we were victorious at home again as we beat Tenerife 1-0, thanks to a rather fortunate penalty, which I'm sure we'll discuss later. We'll look back on that game, which maintained Malaga's superb home form. Of course, the only team in the league that has a slightly better home form than Malaga is our next opponent, Las Palmas, the visitors to La Rosaleda on Saturday evening. We'll be joined by Matt Raines of the Las Palmas UK Fan Zone to discuss our game against El Pio Pio. But first, away from chirpy canaries to two chirpy chappies of our own. Let me introduce to you my fellow Giri casters, Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? I'm doing very well. I have received the most beautiful gift today that a person can get. I will show it to you guys. Okay. It's not very good for a podcast, so we'll explain it as no, a show. No, I'll, I'll, I'll post it on, the, on, okay. on our Twitter. And do you want to explain so, what you're showing on the camera to us at the moment, Chris? Javi wanted to, uh, yeah, well, what is it, paint or draw, wanted to paint Malaga today. Um, so I printed him a Malaga badge and he colored it. Hmm. Which is great. I will post it on our Twitter. Yes, and, and, and he's and just to be clear for those that don't know, Javi, how how old's Javi now, Chris? Twenty-four. No, he's, <laughs> he's two years old. He's uh, Chris's two-year-old yes. son, and he's clearly um, he's he's he needs a bit of work on staying in the lines. But what a lovely gift, nonetheless. Um, That's art, Matt. That's art. It's beautiful. Actually, it's very Picasso. Um, you you just don't understand me. I, I don't. Kind of, no, I, I'm a man of words and literature, not of art. Um, and and then let's go over to uh, Montreal and to Alex Ashmore. Alex, have you received any nice gifts today? I haven't, but I'm getting closer to my trip to America, so I'm getting excited about that. And and do you, are you a man of literature or a man of art? Neither, really. Actually, oh. I, I'm a man of football and cricket and all sports, really, <laughs> and, and cheesy music. Yeah, definitely. If there's a bit of Abra in there, I'm there. <laughs> well, there you go. Let, let's go. Um, before we talk about our win against Tenerife and later talk about our upcoming game against Las Palmas, let's go through uh, a few of the news headlines at Malaga this week. There's not too much again, which we seem to be saying a lot recently, which is a good thing for Malaga, I guess. Uh, first of all, Malaga have been linked with Alex Blanco of Valencia. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I saw this story. I seem to remember the name from when he was at Zaragoza on loan, but I can't really tell you much else about him or are we trying to sign him on a free or on a loan. What, what's the deal with Alex Blanco? I believe it's a loan deal, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not, not the one posting it on our social, so I don't know all of it. Alex knows probably. So his contract runs out at the end of the season and he's not, you know, he's surplus to requirements at Valencia, so to speak. And he's got a bit of Segunda experience. He played on loan at Zaragoza last year, played 30 games, scored two goals. He's a winger uh, from Benidorm. Uh, so he's got that gear in him, I guess. Um, so, yeah, he's, 
I guess I'm guessing it would be a loan signing and then maybe on a free if if we like what we see at the end of the season. I, I like how we've just said Ben Adorman is just automatic. Yeah, he's he's got he's got a Geary link there. Um, maybe he's from the other side of Benidorm, the more Spanish side. Um, I won't go. I mean, let's not talk about Benidorm because I get made fun of for my my love of Benidorm from when I went there. Ben, ben, what is more English or what is more Kiri, Benidorm or the Costa del Sol? Because both have like the. Um, okay, so obviously I live here in the Costa del Sol, on the Costa del Sol, and I spent two days in Benidorm. For my brief time in Benidorm, it definitely felt more Kiri to me. Okay. I, I think I think there's a obviously if we're just talking about the whole Costa del Sol, there's a you know a scattering of more traditional pueblos and things like that. Um, like Benidorm, yeah. But I I had a great time in Benidorm. That's all I'll say. Do you think we could swap Gibraltar for Benidorm? I would love that because I'd I'd happily go to Benidorm more regularly. Um, and it's more beautiful than people give it credit for, Benidorm. I thought it was just going to be a tacky town, which, you know, there are elements of that to it, but it's quite a pretty little city as well. I, big skyscrapers, which are actually quite impressive, not as ugly as I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, thumbs up to Benidorm. Yeah, we love Benidorm. Um, let's let's when do... When, when we're 60 or 70. <laughs> yeah, I'm saving up for my scooter and retiring there already. Um Let's let's give some more thumbs up to people. Um, Chris, shall, shall we start with our? You know, we're not just a men's team at Malaga Club to football. We have a couple of other teams, including our femininos. Do you want to pass over to what's going on there? Well, definitely. Here's Rocio with the latest news. Hi, Rocio. Hi, mate. Hello, mates. Today I bring you a lot of news from Malaga Femenino. On Thursday of last week, the girls played for the first time at La Rosaleda and also won. A game that was very beautiful, with more than 2,000 fans in the stand supporting the team, which in 120 minutes could not score and will go to the penalty shutout. The Malaga will beat Zaragoza on penalties and go to the next cup round, thanks to a great performance by Maria Raval, the goalkeeper. After that, Ayala's team will play again this Sunday in the league and beat La Rambla, thanks to a single penalty goal by Carmen Gomez. The team notices the fatigue but continues to win. And this is all, partners. Thank you very much. Oh, cool. I love Rocio. I, I like how we've gone from mates to partners very quickly there. That's um, that's excellent. And obviously, um, to excellent reporting on some excellent news there. Um, the Femininos are still going strong, still undefeated. Um, excellent. Did news. one of you see the 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 Copa de the the Copa? Well, Copa de la Reina match. I did not, but I saw like um like some of the stuff Malaga's social media were posting and it looked like some great scenes when they won the penalty shootout. And I, I watched it. It was like Malaga trying, but didn't really create the chance, really didn't get the chances. But at the end, Saragossa got a bit better. So it was a bit scary. But then it came to penalties and then the goalkeeper stopped the first two of Ma- the, the Malaga goalkeeper, Maria Sarval. And she stopped the first two penalties and then it was just fireworks. It was great. It's um, and it's good to hear. I know. I think I saw some people being a little bit critical of the fact there was only two thousand people there. But I think that's a great start and something to build upon. Like some of the games 
I know Alex might have a better idea than me, but I've been to watch uh, women's Super League football. I think it might have been called something else when I used to go. And a 2,000 attendance crowd is, you know, a good starting point for the club, I think. And I know they did free tickets for season ticket holders, I think, and five euros to get in. I think the club are, it's good to see the club championing, championing that side of the, the club and trying to get, you know, attendances up there. So hopefully that can continue. And yeah, well done again. We say it every week where they're doing excellent stuff. Um, going uh, another nice feel good story. Uh, Chris, you're, you're the uh, Spaniard here. Um, of course, Spain qualified for Qatar 2022 on Sunday night against Sweden. A late goal from Alvaro Morata. You know, it was great. Obviously, I live in Spain. I, I, I've got a Spanish residency card, so I sort of, they're my second international team at the moment. So I was delighted for them. Um, did you see the story about the his celebration, guys? No. Okay. But I was a bit down that Spain won, to be honest. Oh, why? Because I hoped Sweden would win. Oh. Because of our interview last week. Okay, we'll link back to that in a second then. But, but yeah, that's, you know, I can't think, I don't think we can support teams just on who we interview. But yes, that's nice to hear though, Chris, that you liked him so much. You, you switched allegiances to a different country. But, um, yeah, just quickly, Alvaro Morata, some of you would have seen, he pulled like a, a star from his, um, I think it was from his boot. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, from his sock or his boot. And it was dedicated to a 10 year old boy from Malaga called Miguel, um, Miguel Angel. Um, who was suffering with cancer, and he went to visit the Spain team um, at, in Sevilla before the game and got stuff signed, and he convinced uh, Alvaro Morata to dedicate a goal to him, and he did, and obviously it was an important goal that uh, that took Spain to the World Cup in the end, so that was a nice story. To, for to be honest, boy. for me, of course I'm Spanish, but um, I think the importance of that goal to me, is that Morata scored and could show the 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 star is more way more important than hmm. Spain winning. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. He's and he's and I, and you know a great gesture, obviously. But even I just I was just happy for him as well, Morata, because he got so much stick from the Spanish press. I know people are perhaps I know it was reported around Europe, but living here in Spain during the Euros. And actually, that was when I was travelling around Spain and went to Benidorm. Um, it was ridiculous, some of the stuff but, he was getting. But do you think, yeah, but do you think he's a, he's a good striker? I do think he's a good striker on his day. I think he does. I think it's been noted that he has this sort of, I, I, don't, I don't know, how to, I, I suppose I'm going to say sensitive side to him. I don't know if that's fully accurate. That he can have these sort of, dips in confidence and that I think if he could overcome that which I think is just part of his character and he never will but I think he's a good player actually as I really I like him I, I would start him for Spain I, I, I like him but I don't see him like the number one striker for a Real Madrid well, or Juventus or well your your um, guy you were championing on this podcast last season Chris is getting in the team a lot now Elder Thomas made two starts for Spain um, his first two starts for Spain this weekend so maybe he's the man to usurp Morata but they did play together to be fair um, I'm just happy uh, Elder Thomas gets, gets a chance because 
He is one hell of a football player. He is a good footballer. Um, let, let's let's finish with some actual Malaga club the football news then. And again, this only came to my attention about five minutes before I pressed record when I saw. Um, one of you guys tweet off the GiriCast account um, at GiriCastPod if you don't follow. Uh, we have a Copa del Rey draw tomorrow. Um, Chris, do you want to tell me about this draw and who we could get? We can only get a Segunda RFAF team. Um, and you will say, wow, who are that? Well, I said in the tweet, I sent it out that I would name them all. So here I go. Uh, we can... We, our rival could be C.D. Arentairo, Teruel, Ceres, Mar, Marchamalo, Cayón, Montijo, Guernica, Palencia, Cristo Atlético, CE Europa, Club Atlético, Pulpileño, Eldense, Nacharra, Unión Adarbe, Bergantinos, Gimnástica Segoviana, San Roque de Lepe, Vélez, Vélez, that's Vélez, Maraga, eh, Brea, Xerez, eh, Andrach, Ibiza, Islas Pituas, Pituasas, Llanera, Mensajero, Alcira, Águilas, Calvo Sotelo de Puerto, Puerto Llano, Casareño, San Juan, Peña Sport, Atlético Mancha Real, Racing Rioja, Chef Panadería Pulido San Mateo. Uh, okay. Chris, you, you told me that was going to be a short list beforehand. That was, there's still a heck it's of a It's a short list. There, <laughs> in total, there are 108, 108 clubs participating in the Copa del Rey. Um, um, but the ones who stand out for me is Guernica. Yeah, me too. Because of the painting of Picasso. Yes. Um, Jerez, I would be a cool one. Yeah, Vélez Málaga School. Ibiza Islas yeah. Pituosas. Uh, Europa, you mentioned as well. That'd be a cool one. Yeah, but the strangest one is CF Panaderia Ulido San Mateo. Okay, why is that strange? I can't say I'm so familiar. Because of the Panaderia. Oh yeah, didn't you? <laughs> that is odd. <laughs> oh, you tell me. As in, like a bread shop. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I was thinking, is, did I say bread? Shop? Yeah, okay, that'll be interesting. So hopefully, we got a game against a baker. Um, okay. And Lepe, people from Malaga or Spanish people always make jokes about Lepe's, <laughs> like, uh, like they're a bit retards or something, oh, like they're old-fashioned and okay. a bit stupid. Sure. Um, and just quickly, I, I, I'm, this the Puente coming up here. For those that don't know, it's the long holiday at the start of December where I have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. So I was going to go traveling somewhere in Spain and I might go to Vigo. And I noticed, speaking of our Copa del Rey pass, um, Caruxo are at home when I might be there. And Malaga played them last year and their ground looked awesome. So I might try and go to Caruxo as well as Celta Vigo. We'll, we'll see. Um, anyway. Away from the north of Spain, let's come back down to the south of Spain and talk about what Malaga got up to Monday night.
So we kicked off our doubleheader at La Rosaleda this week against the Canary Islanders with a Monday night game against Tenerife. I couldn't go this week because of a, a sort of a latish finish to work and getting back. So that's why there is no Vamos at La Rosaleda in case you were wondering what happened there. But do go back, and Chris mentioned in the first part, do go back and listen to our interview with Danny Strindholm from last week. So good that Chris now supports Sweden. So is there anything you'd like to add on that, Chris? Definitely. Why go to Waterloo if you can go to Stockholm? Um, Sweden. Country of the most beautiful dancing queens. Um, land of Ikea, where you don't buy your furniture, you build your furniture. Uh, land of Volvo, there's no more reliable car than Volvo. And land of the meatballs, there you go. who doesn't like Swedish meatballs? Uh, me, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> But but actually, funny. Last night when I I went to watch um, to the tavern to watch the Wales game, which they won and got to the seeding position in the playoff. Well done, Wales. Um, there was a guy in there from Sweden, and someone asked, um, you know, are you on holiday here, etc. And he's like, oh, what do you do? And he's and he's like, I work for IKEA. And the person said, of course you do. Anyway. But, but we laugh. But look, you see this great, this great. Look. Okay. Yeah. Chris is now There's showing Ikea. us. There's Chris. Ikea. Wait, there's more. Okay. Right, Chris. <laughs> this. So, somehow we've ended up doing an advert for Sweden when we want to talk about Tenerife. And Chris is now just picking this. up furniture in his in his Look, room. for the lamp. I can see, yes. Ikea as well. Okay. Finishing on the lamp, something Looks, lighting up your room. really great. If something really like oh Chris, I had a great segue then. And and quality, quality, it's quality as well. Okay, I'll try again with myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of something lighting up La Rosaleda, let, let's talk about the um, Malaga win on Monday night again, and let's leave Sweden behind for now. Um, starting eleven then, so there was a few um, few sort of surprises. I'd say the biggest surprise was our friend of the podcast, Ivan Calero, getting in the starting lineup while Victor Gomez is away on Spanish under-21 duty, where he didn't play any minutes, unfortunately. So, but, you know, good experience for him. Uh, no Kevin again. He hasn't started a couple of games now. Um, and quite a defensive setup, I thought, really. Uh, Alex, what did you make of the starting eleven to start with? I was, in a way, you know, I was obviously excited and glad to see Van Calero back in. And I think, you know, in terms of replacement at that right-back position, I'd probably say he's our strongest replacement. I think, you know, I think the defence, fairly fairly happy with that. I think Javi Jimenez, good to see him getting a run of games. I think he's been playing well. And, you know, Genaro and Escassi, good to see Escassi back. And, you know, Brandon playing out on the left, Roberto up front. I think in general, I was I was quite happy with the selection. I think it was a, a strong team. Yeah, I think I can't forgive me. I can't remember what game it was, but it was a, one of the home games a few weeks ago where Brandon started out on the left, and we were sort of a bit meh. And then he started playing. We we're like, oh wow, he's perfect there. And I'm sure we can talk about Brandon's performance a bit more shortly. Uh, Chris, any qualms with the? Starting 11. I thought it was a little bit defensive when I first saw it, to be honest with you, but maybe we needed that. 
Um, I would think so as well, but I think um, before the match started, I thought, well, it's a bit defensive. But then when you look at how the game went along, we really controlled the midfield. And I think like that was the reason why you were playing with five midfielders. Mm. And and I would say, like, I think, again, we came flying out the out, flying out the blocks um and I thought it was just a really positive start from Malaga in those first five minutes. And then, obviously, we took the lead very briefly as Javi Jimenez scored a lovely little volleyed finish, actually, I think in the second minute. And I think it was rightly given for offside. And then from there on in, uh, Tenerife came flying at us, didn't they, Alex? Yeah, it seemed there were a few, there were a few moments in that first half. I thought we, although they did come flying at us and they, you know, they were giving it their all. I do think we contained them very well. And I think although they showed that attacking attempt, there was never there was never a point where I was thinking, you know, you know, they're very close to scoring. I thought they had they obviously had chances, but I was never really worried. Um I thought we held them off really well and, you know, part of that due I mean talk more about him later, but I thought Genaro controlled that midfield very well and, you know, dropped back with Escassi brilliantly to help the defence. Would you agree with that, Chris? Did you think in that sort of opening 10, 15 minutes where they did create sort of quite a lot of half chances, I suppose, that defensively we look stable? We looked very stable defensively. Um, well, I think, the I, I said it on the, on the watch along as well, I think the best part of the pitch was the our, our midfield. But that's probably why it made it a bit of a boring match. Yeah, because I think, um, again, I think I can't remember. Who did we get? What was the game two weeks ago um, when we didn't play very well? Why can't I remember? Where they just seemed to walk through the middle of our midfield and it was really... Cartagena? Cartagena, sorry. I just couldn't remember the team we played. But yeah, they just seemed to stroll through us. And I think Iskassi coming back it made a hell of a difference really just having him in the middle with uh Gennaro and Josebed and yeah it, it did look um Alex you said you felt quite comfortable I've got to be honest with you I didn't I felt like this was building towards a Tenerife goal and then we go up the other end and you know Brandon's running I think Gennaro did a lovely little bit of skill opened up the pitch played a pass out to Brandon who ran into the box we'll say officially and the ref gave a penalty for a trip in the box. I, I'm going I'm to go to Chris first on this one, because, and then I'll come to you for perhaps a more measured opinion, Alex. I know you're a more measured per- personality on here. Chris, did you think it was a penalty? Definitely not. <laughs> okay. What, 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 what did you make of it? Did you think it was a foul? Did you think it was outside the box? It, wasn't, it was outside the box. He didn't touch him. Great diving, great theatre, um, really great. I loved it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, because we should add, it did go to VAR. And as soon as it went to VAR, I was like, well, that's us done, because we never get anything off VAR that goes in our favour. Um, Alex, what's your view on the whole thing? Was it a foul? Was it outside the box? <laughs> For a start... Wherever it was on the pitch, I think it was outside the box anyway. So if, even if it was a foul, it should have been a free kick. And I don't think it was a foul anyway. So no free kick, no penalty. I don't think, you know, I think the ref made a bit of a howler there. And well, yeah, I, I was I was thinking the same when it went to VAR. I thought, well, this is it. You know, it's going to get overturned. But 
well, we I think I think you mentioned it in a tweet after the game, Matt. We've had a few decisions going against us, and I said it as well. It's almost a bit of a reprieve for for all the decisions that have gone against us. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah, it it did uh, Tenerife no favors, um, and obviously we're going to be joined by another fan who doesn't support a team who yeah supports a team that isn't on the mainland in the next part of this but um chris todd who was on the podcast with us last week um i saw i can't remember who he was replying to a tweet to it might have been the segunda spanish show where he said that he he suggested that there was a refereeing bias towards mainland teams um you know and going against the the island clubs so i i i don't know i don't watch enough of Tenerife or Las Palmas or, you know, Mallorca last year and Ibiza as well, who were in the league this year, to be able to comment on that. But I know, like, we're a mainland team. We, we've we had quite a lot of qualms with refereeing decisions over the season so far, and maybe they did level out a little bit in this game. But it'll be interesting to see what uh, Matt has to say on that, as in Las Palmas, I've, Matt, in the next part. To, to be honest, I've, I've never heard anything being a Spanish-led about hatred or dislike towards any Spanish island. Okay. There are there are other parts from Spain where maybe a bit disliked by the by the Spanish people, but definitely not the islands. People love the islands. Hmm. Yes, uh, he he even suggested that he'll be supporting. I think he said other people on the island will be supporting Las Palmas against Malaga this weekend, which is very strong words. I thought so. But, um, but why? Um, what I, did we do? Okay, well, let, let's let's talk about it now. Then it, it was, I think. Well, you tell me then, Alex. What what, what do you think we did do? Why were we? I sort blame of, Alex. Yeah, let's blame Alex. Alex, tell us what went wrong. Why, why do you think uh, Tenerife fans might be annoyed at Malaga, or do you think they should be directing their anger more towards the referees or referee in this case? Like you said, it's you know we we are only the recipient of the decision. It's you know you have seen videos of of you know certain teams going. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't a penalty. We're not going to take it. We're going to you know not score it. But you know it, it it's the referee who made the decision. The full official, the VAR booth, who helped him make the decision. Malaga had no involvement in making that decision. So you know i'm struggling to understand why i can understand maybe there's a bit of annoyance towards malaga because it was the team who played who were playing against tenerife but yeah i don't think we we should well we shouldn't we shouldn't be blamed for that decision yeah i think i think basically what happened after that penalty is it was a pretty feisty encounter wasn't it i mean, I, I thought it was going to boil over at one point but it seemed to settle a little bit i liked um and i think it might have been I think it might have been just after the goal where their player, um, uh, I'm trying to think his name, Mojejo, um, the guy that sort of went through on goal and slid. Uh, our player blocked it, um, a shot he aimed at goal, and he got booked for it. And it was a pretty ridiculous booking, if I'm being honest. But he reminded me a bit of, um, partly because he's got a bald head and quite big eyes, he reminded me of Kalina and he looked so angry. And, <laughs> and but- yeah, they did. I look- can under, I can understand that that Tenerife fans are 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 upset with the with with the ref, but not a Malaga player to take blame for it. No. Not a Malaga fan to take blame for it. Not every referee in Spain is there to take blame for it. It's one referee who makes a mistake. Makes a mistake. Wasn't a good referee. No. 
because he made more mistakes, he also uh, made made mistakes for Malaga. But what can you do? The level of 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 uh, referees is bad in Segunda Division. Not only Tenerife has that problem; we all have that problem. Every 22, 22 teams in Segunda has has problems with the refs. Yeah. I did feel like I think there were some things that went against Malaga, but I've got to be honest with you, it's the first time I've watched the Malaga game this season. Obviously, I watch things through Malaga-tinted glasses, but it's the first time where I kept thinking, this ref's given us quite a lot here. I think he was being pretty generous with a few things, and obviously I was delighted, but um, uh, it was sort of like the opposite of the Real Sociedad B game I went to the two weeks ago or whenever it was, the Thursday night, and that ref seemed to be giving every little thing against Malaga, so... Uh, Again, I suppose it evens out. Anyway, we got a penalty. Brandon steps up, scores his third goal of the season, his second penalty of the season, right down the middle almost. Uh, uh, do, is there any other candidates to take penalties for Malaga or are we quite content with Brandon while he's scoring them? Two out of two. So why would you want another player to take a penalty? Exactly. I'm merely playing devil's advocate. Is there anyone else you think could step up? Um, obviously, we mentioned Lomban before, but... If Brandon hadn't started, which obviously he he's not started every single game for us. Is anyone else that jumps out at you? Escasi. Yeah. Alex, anyone different? I think although, you know, he did score the penalty, I do think it wasn't the best of penalties. I think if Soriano had died the right way, it would have been a fairly comfortable save. And so, you know, if Brandon's not on the pitch, obviously you would look at Lomban, but if he's not on the pitch, maybe Paulino. Um, yeah, Danny Martin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> that was the strange thing, the strangest thing about the the cup uh, match of the of the Malaga Femenino. The first one, the first penalty taken in the penalty series was taken by the Saragossa goalkeeper. Yeah, that's cool. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. Really, yeah, but she missed. All right, there is something wrong with that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's literally the one thing you shouldn't do um, in the yeah. penalty shootout. But uh, I always think, and if you guys don't know it, definitely go check it out after. One of the greatest penalties ever taken was by Sheffield Wednesday goalie Kevin Pressman uh, in the mid-90s, and he rifles it in the top corner. Um, definitely go check that out if you've not seen it before. I can't remember who it was against or if it was FA Cup or League Cup, but it is a brilliant penalty in a penalty shootout. Anyway... Um, so Brandon gets his second penalty. And to be honest with you, from there, I, like I said, I thought it was a little bit of a Tenerife onslaught, but I think we looked comfortable from there and we got our mojo back and La Rosaleda was nice and bouncy again. Um, and if anything, I thought we should have perhaps got another goal. There was that chance where Soriano punched it sort of towards his own goal and Brandon got there and sort of directed it goalwards and it got blocked. He was very unlucky. Um, were we happy with Malaga's performance after that goal, Alex? I was. I think, you know, in general, I think we we looked to go forward. I don't think we, you know, we didn't create, we didn't have, it felt like we had some chances, but it was that final third, again, just lacking a little bit. I do think, you know, without the penalty, it would have been a draw. I couldn't couldn't really see either team scoring. Maybe Tenerife towards the end, they had a few chances. But no, I thought after the goal, we, we played really well. I think we were the better team for large parts of that first half. Um, anything to add on that first half performance, Chris? We scored two goals. One was cancelled because of, um, how do you call it? Offside. Well, offside. Um, <laughs> Which was fair, good decision on the ref. So he also made a good decision. I I don't think 
besides those two goals that I would have seen another Malaga goal. So, yeah, I agree. It it, it was it was just a, a a match that was played on the midfield, and Malaga was better on the midfield. Yes, I think again, like when um when I send out sort of the perhaps topics to talk about in this game, there were very few after that penalty, but we we do have a couple of other things to talk about. Um. Obviously, we liked uh, Juan Soriano in this podcast. Uh, we had Chris Todd on last week who told us that they're very happy with him down in Tenerife. Um, I, I was sort of quite happy for him in a weird way that he got to play in front of a crowd at La Rosaleda having played an empty stadium last year. Um, and obviously, I think he's a really good goalie, but he was very dodgy in this game, I thought. Was it just me that noticed that? There was, a, mm. there was quite a few... Pun- there was the one I mentioned where he punched it towards goal... He flapped it quite a lot. I was a bit like, ooh. He did that last season as well, if I remember. Mm. I did. It's, I did it's just the way of him, his, his way of playing. I think I did ask that question on the on the watch along. Chris, I think you might remember when it was, you know, would you rather have Juan Soriano back or, or Danny Martin? But I think I feel a lot more comfortable with Danny Martin. You know, I'm not saying Soriano was a serial flapper, but... You know, it did. There were times where I was a bit worried with Soriano in goal, but Danny Martin. I know he's made the odd mistake, but I've never felt particularly worried with having him in goal. Mm, it's a good question, actually. I've, I've got to be honest with you. I'm still, I still need a little more convincing with Danny Martin. I'm still not fully won over. I think if you gave me the Juan Soriano to finish the season with us last year, I think I probably would still just about pick him. But it, you know, it's it's not a big difference. I don't think there. Um, and let's talk about our friend, friend of the pod, even Calero then, um, hasn't played football, I think, was it over a year now almost, um, never played in front of a crowd at La Rosaleda, so we got to do that. He played the 90 minutes as well, which I was very impressed with on his first game back, and, you know, as a quite, as pushing up the pitch as a fullback, I, I'll just say, I don't know what you guys talked about on the watch along, but I think he was... Pretty sloppy in the first moment, which you know, totally understandable. I, I got that, um, but I could. I was very impressed with the way he just kept going, and uh, he didn't seem to shy away from it. And I, I thought he had. A, I thought he got better as the game went on. I don't know what you guys talked about on the watch along. No, we didn't talk much about him. Okay, <laughs> we talked a lot about non-football stuff. To be honest. <laughs> Okay, then. Well, let's talk about it now. What did you guys make of his first performance back? It was a good performance. He said in, a, in today, he gave a press conference that he was a bit um, nervous before the match. Yeah. So that kind of explains what you say, his sloppy start. Mm. But along the way, along the match went, he, he became better and better. I thought he did really great. Yeah, me too. And like, I think, again, we've talked about Ishmael quite a lot or maybe not so much recently, but Ishmael, I think if he has a sloppy start, he he loses his head a little bit. And I thought Calero sort of went, you know, focused. And um, it was quite a lot of the action going down that side of the pitch, like going forward and being aimed at us. And he was very prominent. So I, I was just, again, I was waiting for him to be subbed off, not because I thought he was playing badly, but because I thought this guy's not played 90 minutes of football in a long time, but he, he kept going, he looked fit and yeah, great. Um, it'd be, I still think it'd be very, very tough for him to take Victor Gomez's place at the moment, but yeah, I think he's, you know, I think he's stepped ahead of Ishmael now, hasn't he? So, uh, Alex, any thoughts on Ivan Calero? No, I think, I think he was, he played, 
played, you know, he played well. He, he showed that, like you said about Ishmael, I think if he has a bad start, he does lose his head. And that's where, you know, I'm not saying Ivan, Ivan Calera is an old timer, but that added experience that he has definitely means that, you know, he's more measured and level-headed when it comes to the latter parts of the game. And I thought, you know, apart from the first bit, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, and, and then we we held out for that 1-0 win, which I think, like you guys have just said, it, it looked like it was going to stay 1-0. When it got to about the hour mark, I, I couldn't see it changing. I know there was maybe some half chances. Although the last five to six minutes, I, we, we got a bit nervous. Yeah. Because then it started pushing. Yeah, but again, I think, I don't know, we looked comfortable enough, I thought. Um, Definitely. Uh, so, any sort of final thoughts on the performance overall before we do our Chumbo and Biznaga? Or anything you particularly want to highlight? I have two high, I have two things to tell, but one is news and the other one has to do with Sweden and Ikea. <laughs> um, but I will do them after Chumbo and Biznaga. Okay. Uh, so nothing, anything you want to say about the performance overall and Alex or anything about Sweden? No, I'm all ready to go to Trumbo and Bitnaga. Oh, okay, right. So yeah, obviously I think not much to talk about as well. Um, again, if you want to give some honourable mentions, feel free. Cause there's a couple of players I might try and highlight a little bit. Uh, so let's start with Chumbo as always. Uh, Alex, who are you giving your Chumbo to? Uh, I said this in the watch along. I think for me it was between two players, Josabed and Roberto, and just just because of the booking, I'm pipping it to Josabed. I didn't didn't really see much of him. Don't think he offered much in that number ten role behind the striker. Just yeah, I know he's a quality player. And I know he can play much better than he did on on Monday, but yeah, he he wasn't at the races on Monday against Tenerife. Okay, um, interesting one, Nick. Um... What about you, Chris? I said in the watch-along, Josabet, and I will stick with Josabet. Okay. In my opinion, he showed a bit too little. Yeah, and again, I know we always say this sometimes when we've played really well, it's difficult to pick someone, but I think they were all sort of six and sevens out of tens, really, weren't they? Everyone sort of, well, maybe one or two players a bit higher. Um, I I was considering giving it to Paulinho, and I think I am actually going to stick with that. I thought he... Worked hard again, but he was, uh, I don't know, he kept giving the ball away a bit more than usual, I thought. Um, so I'm going to give it to Paulinho. I'm going to stick with that. Um, one other player I just want to highlight, actually, and I'm not going to give him a chumbo. I was going to mention this a bit earlier. and He's a player I'm a big fan of, as you know. Um, Ramon. What, what do we make of Ramon so far this season? Didn't look so good, but I didn't want to give him the chumbo because he... He was a substitute. Yeah, but, me too. No. That's why I didn't. But he's looking. I don't know. I I I realised at full time I hadn't really noticed him again. And I'm getting a bit worried. In, in Holland, we say um, that that's a thing. I gained COVID kilos <laughs> of of sitting at home and doing nothing and not going outside where the virus is. Okay. Um, you know, you get a bit more fatter. He looks a bit more fatter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know, I was just a little... I'm getting a little bit concerned about him. Um, and, you know, uh, Gennaro took a booking in this game and we can maybe talk about it in the next part, but we do need someone to fill that space against Las Palmas. So be interesting to see who takes him. It could well be Ramon. Okay, let's go to Biznaga, though. Let's be positive. Uh, Alex, who are you giving Biznaga to or who did you ponder giving it to? 
there's a few I thought, you know, like I said, Genaro, I thought he was fantastic. I thought Escassi played well. The you know, the defence was brilliant. Danny Martin put in a good show, but for me, it was Brandon. I thought he, he worked really well on that left-hand side. You know, if we were going to score again, it was going to come from Brandon. I think he was making some fantastic runs into the box. He was causing some trouble for that Danny defence and, you know, tip it off, icing on the cake with the, with the goal. And, you know, he, it, it may not have been a penalty, but he still needed to score it. And then he did. So, yeah, Brandon's my best player. Yeah, I, I, I think... I'd be surprised if we've gone for someone else. I thought it was one of his best games for us so far. He was everywhere. Um, he was working hard. He was, I know we all say he works hard, but he was, you know, he was making things happen down that left. Him and Javi Jimenez seemed to be building quite a good relationship. There was one point where I think he gave the ball away inside the box and it was in like the last five minutes <clears> and he sprinted after the guy that took him and I think he won the ball back on the halfway line. He's a, uh, yeah, he's he's a machine in that sense. I thought he was excellent. Um, Chris, anyone different? I was going to say Brendan, but I'm not because you two have Brendan, um, and because he's winning and he he will win the the Bisnaga anyway this week. Um, so I want to point out another player. Now I can that when that you have given the Bisnaga to Brendan. Um, I will give it to Genaro. I think he did a wonderful job on the midfield and I think really think that's where he won the game. So, Yeah, definitely. I thought he was very good. Um, <clears throat> you know, booking aside, which uh, takes him out of the game against Las Palmas. Uh, yeah, I think he would have perhaps been my second choice for Biznaga. Okay, guys. Chris, do you want to give your quick bit of news, whatever that is? Yes. It seems that after 180 days... Hicham is back in the squad. Yes, I was going to mention this at the start. I wrote it down and I forgot to mention it. So, yes, glad you brought it up now. He apparently has been training with the ball today and quite regular training, I believe. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, he is back soon. And, you know, um, Jose Alberto has not been afraid to throw, you know, our injured players or, you know, recovered players straight back into the mix. Like Chavarria's got a start from nowhere. Calero this time. Uh, I seem to remember Ramon being just thrown in there all of a sudden. So he could he could just pop up at any moment, which will... Definitely. I, I, well, I, now back to important things. Right. Look, I have a great product. All right, Look, okay. it's a great product. It's a lamp. Where do you think I bought it? I it's see. great, eh? Well, no, because look... It's broken. It's not IKEA. This is what happens when you don't buy at IKEA. Not a great product because it's not from IKEA. Okay. Right. Have, have we, there you have, go. Have, I on, it. have we gone on to tele shopping all of a sudden? Um, do, do we now have so, to add? So we've got Pacharan or whatever Pacharan company wants to sponsor us, Victoria Beer. And now are the Venga Boys. And now Did we IKEA. talk about Luke already? We didn't talk about Luke. Oh, no, Let, let's mention Luke really quickly. Tell, tell us quickly about Luke Chambers then, Chris. Well, Luke Chambers um, sent out a tweet to us, which was great because he bought, and I'm looking at the tweet right now, as I can find it. Oh, oh here it is. Uh, he bought Victoria beer at the, uh, in Doncaster at Tesco's. Indeed. The gospel is spreading. I can't believe it, he said. 
<laughs> I can't believe it. It's great stuff. I'm glad to see you making over to those shows. I've got friends that came to Malaga years ago and they, they still always message me saying how jealous that they are of me having Victoria all the time. But, but, but look, look this picture. Look, that's true love. He's... Yes, he's cradling, for those again, he is cradling a bottle, um, bottles of Victoria in a car park in Doncaster. So lovely stuff. Let's, let, let's finish with that because we go from one Victoria to another Victoria and hopefully we'll have another Victoria to celebrate this weekend as we take on Las Palmas. So let's go over and talk to Matt Rains about all things Las Palmas. <laughs> So Las Palmas, the other high-flying Canaries, come to La Rosaleda this Saturday. And who better to talk about Las Palmas with us than Matt Rains of the Las Palmas UK Fan Zone. I would ask how you're doing, Matt, but you've just been telling us how you're locked in your room. You've, you're in isolation because you tested positive for COVID. So um, I, I, I suppose I will ask, how are you doing? <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Welcome distraction, thankfully, and uh, appreciate the invite again. Excellent. We finally have something, somebody who is tested positive on COVID, and we have him here in the show while having COVID. <laughs> That's the first time. Well, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't test positive for a Las Palmas victory. Um, uh, and, and in this isolation, uh, Matt, I think I mentioned it to you on the last podcast. I, I, I revealed to you about Pepe Mel's... Uh, uh, literature career and how he's written books. Um, for those who don't know, Pepe Mal is Las Palmas manager. Um, why haven't you read his books yet? You've had all this time. Call yourself a Las Palmas right. fan. <laughs> I'm not a lit- I'm not a literature fan. I'm far <laughs> from it. Um, yeah, self-taught Spanish, I guess. I don't know. I won't be able to read them anyway. Um, but yeah, like putting me down with a book is like getting blood out of a stone. Unfortunately, you've just got no chance on that one. Right, um, what have you What have you been doing the whole, uh, the last days while you were locked down? To be fair, um, I think it's just the first time I've ever paid any interest in international football. Um, <laughs> I was quite grateful for the second division still being on. To be fair, um, I don't know. Guess I've just had a chance to just chill out and do nothing, which is we all need time to recharge, don't we? And, and walking around your garden. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> needs to buy me dad some grass seed for Christmas. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, let, let's go down to Las Palmas then. Um, obviously you are in the UK at the moment, but I know you have plenty of contact with folk over on Gran Canaria. Uh, what's the mood like down there at the moment? You're fifth in the league, had a really good start, really strong home record, only the best in the league, just a little bit better than Malaga at the moment. Um, all good down there, I'm guessing. Yeah, all good, all good. It's um, I think it's been a long time coming. We've we've probably been saying that uh, you know we we want to be up there. We think we've got a team that will compete. And I think this year Pepe Mel's finally, you know, he's he's shifted out some of the players that have been the mainstays over the last few years. Got a mix of youth and experience in, and yeah, making a go for it. Obviously, the away form is a concern. I think we've only won something stupid like. <laughs> 
I think it's something daft like 11 in his three years in charge away from home that includes cup games um, so it's the home it really is the home form and yeah one win away from home this season the home form being the best in the league is the main reason we're up there yeah we can, we can but, definitely yeah, I think, we definitely I think understand the, the away form um, issue that's definitely Malaga's problem too um um, I, I don't know yet. Obviously, Spain's a little bit more opened up at the moment. This life is fairly normal here, although there's a tiny little spike at the moment um, starting. Um, have you got over 20 games yet this season? Uh, I haven't. I've, it's just a complete lack of uncertainty for me. Hmm. Um, I'm an organiser. I'm an overthinker. I'd, if I was going, I'd want to know exactly what I'm going to, what I'm doing when. Um you know, and life circumstances as well. You know, I've got different priorities now, so my trips are going to reduce in number. But that's just life, and we'll go from there with it. Yeah, hopefully you'll get over at some point this season and get to that big old stadium they've got down there, which I always say it's it's the probably of all the stadiums I've been to, the one where I've walked in and got bloody where, where's this come from? It just looks huge when you're inside it, but. Uh, it's like in a crater almost, isn't it? But yes, um, hopefully you get over yeah, soon. Anyway. One of the one of the few grounds that you walk down into almost, <laughs> yeah. almost from like no matter where where you enter the ground, you know, if you're walking down the Naciente midway down the uh, the far side as well, opposite the main stand, yeah, you might come out over the uh, middle, but normally you you're walking in the top and coming down, so it is a bit misleading. Yeah. Okay, so obviously you've said obviously the mood is good down there at the moment. I know um, you lost the home game this past match day, which we'll perhaps talk about a bit later. But what what has been the main factors behind Las Palmas's good start? Is it is it like you said earlier, just that getting rid of some of the deadwood, or as as they ch- have they changed tactically or anything? I don't think we've changed tactically. I mean, we had a cracking preseason. I don't know if you saw any of it down in um, Marbella. But we beat, like, I think we beat Wolves, we beat Espanyol. I think we came away from that training camp having played, like, five games and I think we lost or drew one of them won the rest. So everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, this might work. Sent Alex Dominguez out on loan to Ibiza. Mm-hmm. You know, him or Valles were going to go because we chose to keep Raul. He's been a revelation, to be fair. He's been that mainstay that we've wanted in between the sticks, which is, if you're going to be consistent, you need the spine. Raul Navas, €50,000 for a 36-year-old <laughs> defender. Best €50,000 we've spent in a long time. Um, getting the likes of Pahino in as well and basically keeping him, trying to keep him injury-free. Um, yeah, these, the, like I say, the Deadwood, the Castellano brothers. Uh, I tell me I've got too much respect for the lads to call them Deadwood. They're great servants to the club, but probably just weren't the right players to push the club forward. and. We've we've kind of changed that and brought brought some players in. I'm Fulu as well from Elche. Wow, what a signing that's got! That's been excellent stuff. And obviously, um, sorry to twist it a bit more negative now. Uh, you lost to Zaragoza past match day three two. Obviously, Zaragoza have just pulled out this sort of run of form from nowhere and shot up the league, having drawn nine in a row. Um, what what sort of went wrong in that game? And and just in general, if you had to. Highlight a weakness to, you know, get us Malaga fans excited. What, what perhaps is your weakness? Um, it's 
what went wrong in that game was probably Mel thinking, right, okay, I've got a chance to make a few changes and a bit of rotation. You know, we started with Alex Suarez, who I don't think has played at the back with Raul Navas all season. Navas plays on the right-hand side of that back, back centre-back pairing. He moved to the left for the game to accommodate Alex. Ali Diaz played instead of Lemos. You know, hopefully Lemos comes back in at right-back next game. Otherwise, yeah, I'd explore Ali, Ali Diaz as much as I could. And Fuller's been out for a couple of games. He's a big miss. Fabio's been doing well in his absence. Um, and then Vieira probably operating at 75%. He's come back a bit sooner than what everyone were thinking. But a 75% fit Vieira is better than no Vieira. Um, what happened? You can look to a few things. Poor marking. Slow to react. Um, our back four, I've only clicked on with it this weekend as well. When we're defending, we seem to be almost defending just across the 18-yard line. We're very narrow. So if a team can get a ball out wide quickly, if there's some space to be had because the fat players are then going to get dragged out, take it, put a cross in. Okay. Uh, Alex, um, what do you think of that? That, that narrow defended, defensive line that Matt's just suggested to us made sort of caught my ears a bit because we do have those sort of quick wingers and we have overlapping fullbacks. Um, that that sounds good to me. What about you? Yeah, no, it sounds very good. I think, you know, as well as Ivan Calero played against, uh, the name escapes me now. Tenerife. Um, that's the one. Yeah, you, you're, just trying to, you're just trying to impress our Las Palmas <laughs> friends here, <Yeah>. aren't you? <laughs> well, they are supporting as, Las Palmas this weekend, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, as much as he impressed me, I, I'm not sure. Will Victor Gomez be back from international duty for this weekend? I hope he, I assume he will be. Um, so hopefully he'll he'll be back in the squad. I think he, he provides that little bit more attacking intent. And, you know, other than that, I think I'd keep it fairly similar. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously one of our strengths going out on that wide, you know, the wide channels using Brandon on the left. We saw how well he did against Tenerife. So, yeah, uh, I think it, it could work in our favour, but then you know we're looking at the table. Las Palmas are they're not they're not in the playoffs for well for you know luck. They're they're there because they play well and they've got a strong team. So Malik will have to watch out. And what about you, Chris? Uh, anything that Matt has said so far that sort of you know pricked your ears up? Definitely the the thing he said about the defense. Um, and we can only hope that Peña Randa starts or uh, uh, Sadiku. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's ask about Sadiku now then, because obviously uh, two seasons ago, Sadiku was our sort of main striker at Malaga, and then he went off to Turkey, if I remember rightly, and then to Bolivia. No. Um, oh, yeah. it, oh, I can't remember if it's Turkey or Greece. Forgive me, I can't remember his career properly. But he went to Bolivia, and then he rocks up at the Las Palmas. He scored, you know, he he worked hard for us, but. I'll be perfectly honest, Matt. I completely forgot he went to you guys until I looked at your squad list earlier. So I'm guessing he's not featured much. No, he's not pulling any roots up, to be fair. Um, started a couple of games when Hesse was injured early on in the season. Didn't really do much, probably like, you know, with Mel, he's one of the managers. If, if you're playing well, he's got no reason to keep you out of the squad. If you, <coughs> sorry, he's got no reason to get rid of you, no reason to change things around. If you can't get in, you know, when you do get in, if you don't take that chance, he's very, very stubborn. He's probably not going to give you another chance for a while. How is Peña um, doing? You know what? He look, he's looked good. 
He's looked good. Um, he's injured though, so you might get lucky. <laughs> so um, he's, I think he may, he's definitely training with the team as is Pejinho again. Um, whether the, this weekend comes too soon, I'm not 100% sure because it's still a little bit early on. But yeah, Sadiku, he came on against Zaragoza, had a chance, probably the best couple of touches he'd had in the last Palmer's shirt. But apart from that, he's he's just, he hasn't done anything. He's not a chance. I hope he doesn't turn into another uh, Aridai who comes with all this promise and then we never see the bloke. How long? How long is, did you did you did Las Palmas sign him for? I think it was a two year deal. Ooh. Okay. Be yeah. So it could be stuck with that one. Okay. Um, going away from Sadiku then, who apparently isn't your danger man. Um, I think you've listed, and actually some of the names you've listed has made me go, "Oh, this." You know, I knew beforehand, but it is a bit of a reminder how good a team and a good good a squad you've got. I know um, Hesse is your top goal scorer with six goals, and obviously. He's a bit of a name, and I know um, you know that it's his home turf down there. Uh, is he the danger man, or is there anyone else we should be watching out for? I'd say he is because it's not just the goals. I think he's got five assists, so he's you know he's he's not just scoring the goals; he's making them as well. And some of the some of the goals he's scored have been brilliant. Some of the some of the assists have been brilliant. Um, Bahino. Vieira, if those three can start playing on song, then yeah, I'd be slightly worried. <laughs> um, if I was a defender, the and then I keep your eye out on Sergi Cardona as well. Okay, revelation at revelation at left back, twenty two years old, come through the academy, and he's just taken that shirt, and that's it. You know, some but you will see him at the inside channels. You'll see him run inside whoever's playing out on the left wing, and he he's not afraid to shoot either. Okay, it's um to be honest with you, like I I like watching, um the sort of footballer I love watching play is someone like Jonathan Vieira. So any other time I'd be very excited to be going to watch him. So there's a part of me that sort of wants him to play, but equally hoping that he's still not up to the fit like the fitness level you said earlier because I know he had quite a bad injury and I think you suggested he's come back a little bit sooner. Um yeah, so I, I should I think. We talked about Tenerife and you guys being the two toughest tests we've had at home so far this season. Um, obviously, the Tenerife game we had was a bit of a bruising sort of sturgy game. Not really much going on. I think the game against you guys is going to be a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more dynamic, I suppose. Um, but while we're talking about Tenerife then, um, we talked about this bit earlier on the podcast, uh, Matt. We were um, Malaga got a pretty fortunate penalty and we all admitted it it probably wasn't a penalty um against Tenerife on Monday night and uh Chris so Chris Tardo I think I don't know if you know um that does the Amada Sue Twitter suggested that uh there's a bias towards mainland teams um which we were sort of a little bit surprised about but as and to the extent where he said he wouldn't mind Las Palmas beating us uh, this weekend, um, just for the for the islands to get one over the mainland. So we were just wondering, as a, a you know a fan of the other island club or one of the other island clubs, um, have, have you come across this sort of bias this season? We're fickle, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we <You> are. Know, <laughs> if, if it if it goes in our favour, you know, if we're two one up and it's ninety third minute and. You guys have got it in the corner. I'm going to hate it. But you know what? If it's my team doing it, I'm going to love it. If the decisions don't go our way, 
it's like all hell will break loose. I know Tenerife had a couple of issues the other week. There was something to do with a free kick or a corner or something. There was like blatant offside in there that wasn't looked at. Um, it, I don't think there is, to be fair. But, you know, is there an influence from a home crowd perspective? Maybe so. Is there, um, you know, there's no, let's put it this way, there's no corruption. It, it can't be. Um, it can't be. Yeah. But, you know, I've watched a lot of football as a neutral and I do laugh at the way that people run around and fall to the floor and, you know, go down like they've been shot. And, it, you know, as you watch a game as a neutral, you do realise just how single-minded a fan of one team can be. But it's just life, isn't it? You know, they'll get that they'll get that decision back at some point and that'll be that. Yeah. But they won't think that way. Yeah, I And think that goes for everybody, not just, I'm not singling out Tenerife. Yeah, I think that's a good point you make about the home crowd as well because Malaga have had um, quite a lot of issues this season. Like you said, we're fickle. We we remember these sort of injustice um, injustices that we see against our club. But I think La Rosaleda, because it is such perhaps a has such a vibrant atmosphere at the moment, the referees either going to be influenced by that or maybe be so maybe like he was Monday night against Tenerife, or maybe he's going to be so no 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 I mustn't be influenced influenced by this loud crowd. Um, I'll do the opposite almost or you know subconsciously do the opposite so it could that could explain um, something there um, just we always like I didn't, to... I didn't see that game though Did, was what happened with it was it a foul that the ref gave the penalty and then or was it VAR turned around and went actually hold up ref you made a mistake there you need to have a look no basically the ref gave us a penalty and it was a very light touch on the edge of the box which then went to VAR and it was a very light touch and it you know, lucky to get a free kick somewhere. But the other issue was it was probably just outside the box. So we said earlier, right. when, it went, when it went to VAR, we were like, well, VAR never gives us anything. But this time, like you said, we earn that sort of, it's that, you know, it's that sort of karma of football sometimes, isn't it? It does seem to work and, back in your favour. Yeah, and I suppose the VAR thing can only be if the refs made a clear and obvious mistake. Hmm. Now, the clear and obvious mistake would be there's no touch. Yeah. yeah. If there's a touch, it doesn't really matter what it is. He could have flicked him with his bloody middle finger <laughs> on a forehead. <laughs> it, it, you're still going to get it. But, you know, thankfully, I think in England, we've definitely stamped that side of it out where they've been giving ridiculous penalties away. Yeah. Um, whether or not there's been a review in Spain, I don't know. Or, or if is that needed so the, they take the same approach as what we do? Hmm. Yeah, um, just going towards Malaga a little bit more. We always ask people, um, have they seen much of Malaga this season? I know um, you're a big follower of the Segunda, but as you said, life uh, life brings different priorities as you get a bit older. Have, have you seen much of Malaga this season? I haven't really, to be honest. I've got a couple of mates who, who go, um, who I used to work with. But yeah, I honestly haven't, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you who the danger man was or anything, unfortunately, because I'm lucky if I get a chance to watch Las Palmas nowadays, it's that bad. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, will only, we, we will only tell you if you don't tell Peppermill. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, he told me to text him after I'd been on this, so... Uh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> um, no. Go on then, Chris. Who, who is our danger man at the moment? That Who would you say... Um, it's a good time to ask this question. Who, at this point in the season, would you say is Malaga's danger man? 
Brendan Thomas. I would probably agree with you there, although there's another winger you know I like a lot, but um, he is still a bit cropped at the moment. So, but but the way he described the defense of um, of Las Palmas, Brendan Thomas is the danger man for them. Okay, would because you... he is the player who can get the ball away from them, who, who who will rub the ball, set pressure to their defense, and I think that that will be very dangerous. Okay. Alex, would would you agree with that? Do you think Brandon Thomas is the danger man that Pepe Mel needs to keep an eye on? I'd say, yeah, Brandon, if Antonin plays on the left, he sometimes can be quite dangerous. We know Paulino is capable of things. I think, you know, we have a few players that on their day can can provide chances. But I think the the thing for Malaga is, and our biggest advantage is, is the crowd. I think when we play at home, we really thrive off that crowd and the noise that it creates. So, you know, it'll be, obviously, we, we're second best team at home in the league. Las Palmas are the best team, but we've seen that, you know, away records for both teams are not good. So, you know, can Malaga continue that good run of form? We'll, we'll have to see. Oh, and there comes, there comes the thing, because Jose Alberto said after the match, uh, in the press conference after the match, that he never asks anything of the crowd, of the Malaga fans. Uh, but for the next match against Los Palmas, he hopes the stadium will be full and it will be a true caldero. I don't know what the Ca- cauldron of noise. I think. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and also I think I, I think linked to those comments, and I think it might have come out of the club, and, and maybe has come from Jose Alberto. There is a bit of a campaign to try and get at least twenty thousand in the stadium on Saturday. Which um, I, I don't know. Do you think that's a realistic? We could get that. It's a Saturday night game, six o'clock. Nice time to go watch some football in Malaga. Um, I believe though the issue that might scupper those numbers is it's supposed to rain for the next few days and quite bad. Um, Oh, Spanish people don't like rain. They don't. To be honest with you, I, I, I'm far too soft for rain now. I think. I think. I don't think I've ever been to a game in La Rosaleda when it's really, really rained. So um, Spain changes you, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Um, I uh, think the thing is with with the game though, lads, is it, there's going to become a point where them top six teams are going to stretch away. Hmm. Now, and you guys are probably like. You know, yourself, Zaragoza, it's the difference between being cut away or actually being on par. Yeah. So I can't blame them for trying to rustle something up and get the fans through the door because, you know, we've all missed it. We all want to enjoy it again. But, I mean, you know, you're talking a six-horse race compared to a, an eight-nine-horse race. Mm. So you want to keep yourselves there because you're not a club that needs to be languishing. No. Indeed. Um, Just quickly on Malaga then before um, we just ask one final Las Palmas question. Uh, We mentioned earlier, Alex, that Gennaro is out. He's suspended for this game and obviously he played very well against Tenerife. Uh, Who would you like to see come in to replace him in midfield? Or would you rather, I don't know, another striker come in and move up front? What would you like to see happen? It's... I'm going to offer, obviously, Ramon is, you know, one of the clear choices, but I'm going to maybe propose dropping Josebed back into that central midfield position and playing him alongside Escassi. No, 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 no. He's played there before, and I know, you know, in past at different clubs he's played there. So, you know, I'm sure he's capable of 
putting in a good performance there. And I think at the moment I'd rather see him there than Ramon. Okay. I would like, just going back to what uh, Matt said with the defence again, I know we've mentioned this a lot now, but um, Alex, you know, just act, act, you know, an absolutely sacrilegious act where you said, you know, we got Antonine, Paulinho and Brandon. Didn't mention young Kevin, which was, you know, crazy. Uh, I, I would like to see Kevin come back in for this. And I wouldn't mind. I noticed in this game, Paul, or the last game, Paulinho seemed to pop up in the middle a little bit more. And I did give him Chumbo, I suppose. But I think Paulinho can play behind the striker. I, I still want to see that given a go. Um, and I would do exactly what you said. I would drop Hosebed slightly back. Um, cause I think we still need three in that middle because I think, as Matt alluded to, they, you know, Las Palmas have a good midfield. Uh, but why not bring, why not bring Lombon in and then put Juan Day on the spot of, ooh, that's an interesting idea. Of Gennaro. I, to be honest with you, Chris, I hadn't even considered that. I didn't even think of Juan Day as a midfielder, but I think he has played there before. And um, yeah, why not? I, I'd, I'd happily see that happen. But I like—I I don't know—I'm—I I'm, just get excited, don't I? And I want—I want us to have more attacking players on the pitch, which might not be a good idea in this game. Um, we will see. There's a lot of things for. Um, Jose Alberto to think over. So just to finish then, um, Matt, obviously you are in the top six at the moment. You are fifth. Is that Las Palmas' aim now? Are people talking about we need to maintain this and is it realistic that Las Palmas could be a playoff team or, I don't know, maybe even further up the league? What, what, what's what's the aim? Um, I think you've got to say Amarillo are going to run away with it, aren't they? Yeah. So you've got, one, you've got one more space to fight for. If we don't pick up a form away from home, kiss goodbye to all aims of the top six. Cannot rely on it. I think we've got the next three games are away from home now. We don't pick up six points. I think probably kiss goodbye to the playoffs. That's just being blunt. We can't rely on home form. Um, two seasons of finishing ninth. This is the season, really. If we're going to do it, we've got to do it. But away form. Indeed. Um, okay, there you go then. And, and I think, you know, we can mirror those words if we want to. I think our aim is to sort of stay in that top 10 and maybe make an ambitious push for the playoffs. But we definitely need to get some away points very soon. Uh, Chris or Alex, anything you want to add about this game before we wrap things up? There's not much. Everything is said. Okay, everything uh, is said. I, I, I hope that, that Los Palmas... Uh, find their way form after this weekend, <laughs> and um, then they can win all they want for away from home. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we really need this win. Okay, that's yeah. almost does as well. So yes, it should be a good game of football. I think I'm looking forward to going back, especially having missed Monday night's game, and and also my first Malaga game was Malaga v Las Palmas. So there's that little link as well, which will be nice to. Think back to those day, naive days when I first started going. Um, I just want to say a big thank you as always to Matt Rains for joining us. And Matt, we hope you get better soon and, you know, you get, that, get that negative test in. Roll on getting back to work. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never I, thought I'd say the words. <laughs> and hopefully, Matt. Cheers, think, uh, Yeah, cheers, Matt. And, and hopefully... Um, you know, things get a little bit more organised for you so you can get over to a game in Las Palmas and maybe even an away game over here sometime. Um, so thank we'll you to see, Matt. We'll 
Really big thanks again. And also thank you to Alex Ashmore. Thank you very much, Brett. Thank you. Uh, we, uh, well, looking forward to this weekend of sport and, well, international break is over. So I'm happy about that as well. Okay. Oh, I enjoyed the international break, but that's for a different podcast. Um, and thank you to Chris Marquez. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Malaga. I have been Chris Marquez. <laughs> and, and thank you, Ikea, because I think you've, you've done a lot for Ikea. Oh, right? yes. <laughs> yes. You see this chair? <laughs> This is not IKEA, but it's a great chair. Okay. I love it. Okay, <laughs> but I bought new chairs. Okay, also not IKEA. I, I wish I wish I hadn't said anything now. But then, thank you to everyone for. You listening. know who worked at IKEA, man? Um, Jose Alberto. Yeah. Yes, there's a nice link. So. That's why, there you go, right. Thank you to everyone um, for listening and subscribing. And if you don't subscribe, do all that stuff we ask you to do. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. There'll be a new episode of Vamos a la Rosaleda this weekend. So look, you know, keep an eye out for that. Thank you again. Uh, adios and vamos Malaga. Hey.